Welcome to Advancing All Women with Sarah Alter, President and CEO of Next Up. On this show, you'll hear top executives and experts talk the most pressing topics of the moment for women in the workplace, including key issues that affect the advancement of women, creating better workplaces for women of color, DEI and B solutions, and more. Now, here's your host, Sarah Alter. So being a family that practices both Christianity and Judaism, we are doubly blessed. In fact, our first nanny was Muslim, and we learned much about this faith as well. And the bonus in this is we get to celebrate multiple holidays and have a wide variety of traditions and customs, and most importantly, great appreciation for diversity never a dull day in the altar household. On a sadder note, though, today is we're going to talk about one of the inevitable pivot points that we all encounter, and sometimes many times, but it is the death of someone and the grief of this death and how to navigate this journey personally as well as professionally supporting a team member as a leader or as a business organization. So connecting the two here, um, I have been just so fascinated and have such great respect for the Jewish custom of Shiva and the process that it provides those who are grieving. And so I'm going to give you a little bit of a um, an overview of this. And this is just but one of many ways to grieve or mourn. In in Judaism, the first period of structured mourning is Shiva. And the word Shiva has different meanings across different cultures. And in Hebrew, it means seven. So Shiva, as it relates to Jewish mourning, is the seven-day mourning period for the immediate family of the deceased, which consists of spouse, child, parent, or sibling, or so on. And the primary purpose of the Shiva tradition is to sit Shiva. It's called sitting Shiva. And it is to create an environment of comfort and community for mourners. It helps guide friends and family members through the loss of a loved one. And throughout the week-long Shiva period, which starts immediately following the burial, mourners come together in the family's home to offer their condolences and their support. And, you know, specific observances or or, um, traditions may vary depending on the Jewish community and its belief. But a Jewish person who is mourning the loss of a loved one typically sits Shiva, and you are considered, again, a mourner when your spouse, your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, any child passes away. Often other relatives will sit Shiva and mourn with the first-degree relatives, But traditional Jewish law does not require their participation or officially consider them mourners. During the Shiva period, mourners traditionally sit on low stools or boxes while they receive visitors and condolence calls. And this is where the phrase sitting Shiva comes from. And it's just one of the many, you know, rituals. Um, Other rituals, while not strictly practiced at every Shifa or within all sects of Judaism, they might include the prohibition of bathing or showering or marital relations, studying the Torah, or even wearing leather or jewelry. 
and the direct descendants of the deceased are also not technically supposed to leave the home in which they are sitting Shiva, except for in extreme circumstances. So as a guest, the polite thing to do is to bring prepared foods to lighten the load of housework for those mourning. Or I love this tradition even more, donate to a local temple or organization or even plant a tree in Israel. On the seventh day, the Shiva is ended literally by the entire family and group who are with them on that given day, they walk around the block once. So as we're gonna talk about today, sadly and realistically, um, grief and mourning can happen in so many different ways. It can delay itself. It can resurface at certain moments. It can be a lifelong journey with ups and downs. And what you're going to hear from our guests today is they're going to share their own personal experiences and advice as to how to best navigate it yourself, as well as how to best support others making their way through their mourning and grief journey. I am Sarah Alter, your host of the Advancing All Women radio show and podcast, and proudly the CEO and president of Next Up. And I'm joined today by an incredible lineup of guests. We have Charity Bailey, television host and creator of Girl, We Need to Talk, Aurelia Thompson, grief and family therapist, and Chris Torres, managing director of Accenture Dallas Advanced Technology Center and Cloud Innovation. So welcome everybody. So good to have you on our show today. Yes, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank hello. you, I'm so excited to be here. All righty, so hey, um, Charity, let's start with you. Um, what in your personal and professional journey have brought you to this conversation on grief? Uh, in 2018, um, my father passed away. And uh, for the first time ever, I just felt like off balance completely. Like, you know, I've, I'd lost my grandmother in uh, what, 2006. And that was that was hard. That was devastating. But she was older and, you know, was sick. But it hurt nonetheless. And there was a grieving process. But you lose a parent. There's like there's a piece of your equilibrium that's off. Yeah. And uh, over, I think it was like 2019. I was like right there in the thick of the grieving process, going to therapy on this roller coaster of emotion, you know, feeling like I'm losing my mind, heartbroken, yeah. just kind of searching for answers and seeking. And uh, it came to me to start the web series, well, what became a web series, but a podcast called Girl, We Need to Talk. Yeah. And it's a safe space where we as women can come and have open, honest, transparent conversations. It, uh, we air it on YouTube and wherever it is that you uh, listen to your podcast. Uh, but it was just really the fact that like, we don't talk about grief and right. the grieving process and it makes people uncomfortable. We don't know what to say. We don't know what to do. We don't know how to sit in that silence. And for me, during that period, it was my girls that really carried me. I'm a guy's girl. I've always hung out with dudes. I'm a daddy's girl. But in that period of my life, it was my ladies. And I have girlfriends who have lost their moms, um, you know, who've lost their dads, who've like, who, who have walked this grief path before me. And they really just held on tight to me. 
And so there's the purpose in the pain happens to be, girl, we need to talk. And I just like to encourage people to just like settle into it. Because if you don't, (laughs) I always say, if you don't own your grief, your grief will own you. It's going to come out somewhere. So I decided to pour mine into Girl, We Need to Talk and to to host the conversations, let people know that it's okay. Like, you're going to be okay. You're not alone. But like, we just got to sit in it and deal with it. Yeah. And be open to it. And and be there for each other. All right. So we we are blessed. We're going to be spoiled because we get a whole like 54 minutes charity, but we're also going to include the link um, to her show and we we like post this podcast so it's phenomenal it's amazing (laughs) i know (laughs) yeah so we we have season one a girl we need to talk was mostly about my grief and my girlfriend's grief or the grief that my girlfriend's experienced season two is about growing through the grief and the grief of life you know because even if it's not a physical death we're all grieving something at some point you know job loss child loss some of the ladies have experienced postpartum depression, financial loss, financial gain. And actually, Aurelia is one of the therapists on our show. Uh, we, we begin and end with therapy because it's important. I'm not a therapist. I'm a television host and a human who is just trying to pull back the layers and, and do life right while bumping my head and making a whole lot of mistakes along the way. <laughs> so we defer to her, who happens to also be my cousin. But uh, it's a beautiful space. And so, yes, it's uh, Miss Charity Bailey on all social media platforms and on YouTube. And on the podcast is girl, we need to talk with Cherry Bailey. No, and I, I love to, uh, it, 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 to, to your point, it's not always just death of a person or a thing or an animal. It's like a life change, right? And it, mm-hmm. it like we all grieved <laughs> our lives from, you know, two years ago. Um, We're still grieving some of this, you know, and processing mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm, absolutely. All right. Well, Aurelia, let's go to you cousin of charity welcome (laughs) hello sarah hi all right so what brings you to our discussion other than you couldn't know your cousin i mean okay so that's accurate (laughs) so literally you're actually accurate i was going to say like when she called i show up um (laughs) and that's just family and that's you know our grandmother um that's the she like foster love amongst those cousins and yes I did answer but then also because I am a mental health practitioner and I was like of course I'm going to show up because I love participating in these conversations and I'm just here to lend that mental health and grief practitioner perspective um, to this very necessary conversation um, of how you know business owners um, business leaders can help support um their employee um, during times of grief. You know, this is May, it's Mental Awareness Month mm-hmm. um, in the U.S. And grief and mourning are considered to be part of the mental health conversation. Um, so when you it, when you were talking about sitting Shiva and in the Jewish culture, I, I can remember um, the scripture that came to mind is more with those who mourn in the um, the Protestant Christian um, Bible, and you know, and blessed are those who mourn. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's a part, it is, it should be a part of every conversation and not like Charity mentioned, not shied away from, it does make people uncomfortable. It even makes exactly. therapists uncomfortable, right? Because we see our, our clients squirming because it hurts. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just here to, um, just to 
participate in the conversation and hopefully, you know, your listeners can not only support their employees, but support themselves because like Charity said, we are all trying to make it through this, you know, process called life and grief, unfortunately, will be part of it. Um, I'm practicing in North Carolina, uh, a family and marriage therapist, and I specialize in grief and loss, um, career identity, um, development, um, and just so glad to be here and spend time with you. No, you know, I almost, I think I had like a mini grief experience like these last 48 hours. My middle son graduated from college and, you know, just had an incredible four years. And I was sad. Like I wasn't even, you know, I wasn't even the one graduating, but it, it just, I recalled those feelings you know, from that time I had gone through it. And um, yeah, so it's interesting. Um, welcome, welcome. We're so glad you're with us as well. Oh, I'm glad, glad to be here. Yeah. So same question, I guess, my grief journey. <laughs> Indeed. Um, you know, it's interesting. I was having a conversation with Sarah, um, leading to this topic and, you know, a fan of what she does here on the show. And it's like, man, I'm just looking, it'd really be interesting to, I'd love to be on one of your shows. I just not sure what topic would make sense. And she was like, well, the upcoming one is on grief. And I was, it just hit me. I was like, oh God, I've had a lot of that here lately. It's just me, but um, yeah. I was telling Sarah, I actually have bookmarked my, on my work laptop, the policy for our policy here at Accenture, because not only have I experienced there, my team members have, I have a team member who has a Eastern Ukraine I have team members who have experienced mental health in a the way. I've had family, you know, team members who have experienced loss, close family members. I had one that pained me the other day. Has an uncle who's uh, dying of pancreatic cancer, um, and so, you know, it's it's not just me. It's also my team, and so it's kind of that dual role of of, of me and needing to give and offer support um, and going through that. But my personal journey, I was I was thinking through it as um, as I was coming this morning, is kind of where where did I really feel like my grief journey? It probably started when I was in about fourth grade, and my grandmother died from a lot of cancer in my family. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, she had cancer, and she died when I was nine. Um, and I remember that first initial process of this is the woman who taught me how to do crocheting. And I was angry that this woman is not going to be here to teach me how to crochet. And um, I, I've never picked it up or angry and, and we're Christian and muscle. And I remember yelling at God, you took her away from me mm-hmm. and I'm never going to crochet again. Shame on you. <laughs> um and then, you know, from there, my, uh, my grandfather had leukemia. He died when I was in school. Um, I had, um, my grandfather had Alzheimer's. My um, father had pancreatic cancer. My father-in-law had pancreatic cancer. Um, here in the last couple of years, I've had two uncles died within the same month from COVID, one from uh, brain cancer. Um, telling me there's a lot of cancer in my family. Um, and then here, um, at the end of March, my grandmother died. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandmother and I share a birthday. Mm-hmm. So, um, when my grandmother introduced me to people, she'd be like, this is my best present. She is the first girl born in our family in the last 50 years. And she's born on my birthday. Um, her husband, my, my grandfather was uh, the one who had Alzheimer's. And, um, and it was interesting going through this process of, 
um, remembering my grandmother. In fact, um, we had her funeral at the beginning of this month. And on Friday, we'll actually put her ash to the ground with my grandfather. So I'm like here in the midst of my grandmother. And what I find interesting in my grief journey is each each person I've experienced grief differently. Um, and so to your point, Charity, like I, I love that thought, like, you know, you're own your grief or your grief is going to own you. And I, I have multiple times and I keep doing it. I get to a point where I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm done with over it. And thank you for your condolences. I'm fine. <laughs> Not fine y'all. <laughs> and it mm-hmm. still pops up. And I noticed as I was going through the stuff from my grandmother, you know, I'm going through all of her pictures and, um, y'all, she went through world war two and, mm-hmm. um, she has all these old pictures and, and I really was okay seeing her in all these pictures and, and these these moments of, of joy in her life and all these people and her, she was almost 98. She was 98 today, uh, this year on her on her birthday uh, next month. Um, and I really was at peace. Like she's a woman who the year she'd, you'd come into the room, she'd, why am I still here? Why is God not taking what does he want me to do on this earth? <laughs> and so when she finally got to go home, you know, we were, we were excited. I mean, sad for us because she's not here, but also we don't have to answer that question anymore. <laughs> like, why are you still here? Um, but I was just looking through those pictures. I kept running into pictures of my dad who I lost, you know, um, going on 15 years ago now, you know, and I saw pictures of my grandfather who I lost in college. Um, who was also very, very young to have Alzheimer's. And, um, and it was, it was, it was like re-mourning those people who it felt like their lives and our, yeah. our relationship yeah. got cut so short. Um, and, you know, even when we were playing at grandma's funeral, I started asking about like, didn't want to bury her with grandfather. Um, just resurfaced. Yeah. And what was kind of cool. So last night I was listening to music and uh, the theme to Rawhide came on Spotify random <laughs> shuffle. <laughs> I don't know. What a good tune. But um, it was, it was something I watched with my dad oh. and uh, you know, totally got me and um, you know, got me thinking that my grandmother's up there with him again. And you know, that really started it's like, Oh, I hope will you, will you tell me, does she have a good party? And the very next song that came, you know, I was waterworks going and the very next song that came on, it's like, girl, stop crying. We're having a good time. Um, and I don't know what the song was, but that was the lyric that stood out to me. And I was like, okay, <laughs> message received. Um, she's having a good time and y'all are having a great party and I'll see y'all soon. That was long and meandering, but that's kind of, oh, kind of how I got here oh. today. <laughs> I'm glad that you're here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know. And that's the yeah. thing though, too, like you mentioned, like the songs and all of that is, you know, there was a period when, after my dad passed away, I Football and boxing have always been our thing, and I couldn't watch football. Like, even seeing the lights, the football lights, like I'd randomly pull, you know, ride down the street, and the football lights, it would take everything out of me, yeah. hearing one of his songs or, you know. And the the thing that my therapist, um, Ms. J, used to impress upon me is that, A, it's not linear, it's a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, yeah. every day mm-hmm. comes with a new set of challenges, but that, like, one day you're going to wake up and it's going to be okay. Not okay that they're gone, but you're... There's going to be something that settles into your spirit that accepts your new normal. Yeah. And so a few weeks ago, uh, I was getting in the car and 
one of my dad's songs came on. And it was in that moment, I looked at my and said, you know what, it's so funny. I said, this is my dad's song. And she was like, oh, and I said, no. Like, I, I cranked it, you know, I turned it up. And I'm like, the thing is, a few years ago, I would have gotten a car and this would have wiped me out completely. I would have had to like stop. We would have had to start the day over. Or maybe I just would have been like held it together, but been tight all day. But like, I'm in a space now where I'm like, Okay, and it's okay. Like I couldn't watch the Niners and Packers games. Those were our games. Like our house was a house divided on those days, you know? And my friends wanted to take me the first year after he passed away. And I was like, I can't physically mm. do it. And I watched the game at home in the dark, like like just quietly crying the entire time. Like also that's ne- that's never gonna happen. Me quiet during a football game, that one especially. <laughs> this year, my friend invited me and I was able to go and enjoy and be rambunctious with my friends. And then the Packers won and I was like, ah! <laughs> you know, and also my dad would still want the Packers to win, even though he's a Niners fan, because he wants me to be happy. <laughs> but it was it was a, it was joyous. Right. And my sisters and I are now able to even talk about him like and, and laugh about it and feel happiness and joy, even though we still miss him. And so to hear you say that is like, yeah, there's a yeah. there's a connection there. And, and Charity, what I love about you is you took like this emotional energy, right? Um, at the start of this grief journey and you, you like, you rebuilt it into like a nuclear power plant, right? Like mm. you, you have a show, you know, you made like radical changes in your life. And yeah. like, how did you, like, what, what was that turning point from, you know, you shifted from that I'm mourning to now I'm celebrating all the great that he left in me and in others and for all of us. And well, I asked God, I was like, there's got to be some, like some purpose in this pain because the thing is, you know, I've been walking with God a long time. I'm a little raggedy and ratchet and not because, you know, some some crazy things sometimes, but the Lord knows my heart. We we all do. And, (laughs) um, but I've been doing this long enough that I'm like, okay, there's always like, I hate to say a victory after defeat, but like there's always like a silver lining. And so my thing has always been like, God, what am I supposed to be learning? Mm-hmm. What am I supposed to be taking in that I'm supposed to be giving to the people? Especially because I'm in the position that I'm in as the national television host. It's like, okay, I have the 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 ear of the people and I tell people stories. There's a lot of people looking at me. So there's got to be something mm-hmm. that's coming out of this. And in those moments, I was just like, this is stupid. Like I yeah. What could possibly come out of this? Like, besides me just being heartbroken and downtrodden. And I literally woke up one night in the middle of the night. Like, I, I carry these big stenographer pads in my, um, or in my bedside table. And I just started writing. Like, and it was like the, the, uh, the episodes. Like, it's literally God dropped it in my spirit. I told my friends and, or my publicist at the time. And she, we decided to do the podcast and then the pandemic hit. And it was like, well, wait a minute. Why not just do it on Zoom, silly? You're a, you're a television host, but there was so much more that came out of his death, and a lot of that was me figuring out who my daddy was and who I am as a result because I'm so much like him. My temperament, my um, stick to itness, if you will, my drive, my tenacity, you know, even down to like kicking a door in and like, yo, if you want the work, I got the work for you. I I I, I got it. My cousin will tell you. She's like, hey hey hey, bring that back in. Also, as I started to peel his life apart and compare and contrast, it was, wait a minute, if you don't get some of these things right for yourself, you're going to not only carry your dad's gifts, you're going to carry his demons. And you're currently doing that. 
when you mentioned yeah. radical change, so not only did we start the podcast, but I've lost 150 pounds, but that's because I started like doing that's the work incredible. in therapy. And that took me to the decision to make, to have surgery, have the gastric sleeve surgery. So even in that and losing all of that weight, I'm grieving my former self and didn't even know it. Oh yeah, It comes mm-hmm. up in relationships. It comes up in different parts of my life. And luckily I'm in therapy, like, you know, weekly, but there are parts of me now that are grieving my old self. And I had no idea until something triggers it and it pops up. And I'm like, all right, Lord, I guess you still got work to do in me and I'm going to give it to the people, Chad. <laughs> I, well, and, it, and, and, and you, en- you ended up finding your why, right? Like it's your yes. why. And, mm-hmm. and I can't but help ask, like, I feel like there's a collaboration here between you and Aurelia. I feel like I'm, <gasps> oh, I'm putting that out in like the universe. You right? sound like my grandmother. Yeah. So when I invited her to be on the show, I was sitting there, we were sitting there talking and I was like, and, and she's been on our on our um, show and right this minute too. And I'm like, this is crazy. My grandmother always saw this. Really and I used to get in trouble for talking in Sunday school. But here's the thing, we would talk in Sunday school, child, and then it would be time to present. And none of the kids knew what to present. And me and Aurelia would be like, oh, this was the scripture. This was the, and Miss Davis, our Sunday school teacher told my mom, I don't know how they absorbed it. All they did was talk to each other the whole time. In high school, our teachers would be like, oh gosh, here they come. Uh-huh, yep. <laughs> yep. Well, I accept the collaboration. You know, Holy Spirit, go ahead and yeah. do your work. Hey, yeah. right, do that thing. You know what? Do that thing, do that thing. You go write that book. We'll have you back. Like, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So we, we have to take just a short commercial break, but don't leave us. Promise to come back, listeners, because now we're going to shift over to, all right, how, you know, these three incredible female leaders are going to give us advice and guidance on how, you know, you should go about um, you know, managing, navigating your grief, not letting it own you. And then as equally important, hey, if you're a leader or a business organization, what are the policies and support services you need to have in place? So please do come back. And I want to thank you if you have been listening in to the Advancing All Women radio show and podcast. You can always check us out at nextupisnow.org for more information on Next Up and our podcasts. We'll be back in just a couple. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. For over 20 years, Next Up has been bringing professional women, allies, and corporate partners together to champion gender equity and advance all women in their careers. Together, we are a powerful, growing community of over 14,000 members and 300-plus regional and corporate sponsors. We work to create leadership opportunities, amplify women's voices in the workplace, and ensure that all women in business can seize opportunities in the now and in the next. Members of Next Up gain access to a broad community of like-minded professionals dedicated to women's equity and leadership development across our 21 regional communities. Get best-in-class leadership development opportunities and attend our two annual national conferences, which bring together the strongest minds in DEI and B and leadership. Join Next Up today 
visit nextupisnow.org slash membership to learn more about becoming a member. That's nextupisnow.org slash membership. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Advancing All Women with host Sarah Alter. Want to learn more about the show and about Next Up? Visit our website at nextupisnow.org. That's nextupisnow.org. Now, back to Advancing All Women. So welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Sarah Alter in the Advancing All Women radio show and podcast. And I'm joined today by Charity Bailey, television host and creator of Girl, We Need to Talk, Aurelia Thompson, grief and family therapist, and Chris Torres, managing director at the Accenture Dallas Advanced Technology Center and Cloud Innovation Center. And in today's show, we're talking about grief. How do you navigate this personally? And how do you support a team member or work peer as they do? So Aurelia, let's, as a thought leader, a resident thought leader and expert here today. Oh, I love it. <laughs> um, you know, let's, let's kick off with you. What advice and guidance do you have? And I think you actually have, there's a great um, piece that you're going to share with everybody, right? We'll post it on our podcast um, but it's a great handout that provides lots of great tips. Yeah, you know, and just as Chris and Charity were um, were giving their testimonies and their life experiences, even with my own grief, my grandfather in high school, our grandmother, um, my last year of grad school, um, and then other forms of grief that I've experienced, you can see it um, on Charity's show, um, we all go through tasks. So I know it's common to think of the the five stages of grief. In the grief therapy world, we we like to think of them as tasks. Um, Dr. Alfelt, um, he talks about the tasks of mourning. Charity mentioned what her therapist was telling her is that grief is not linear. Um, And so there are these tasks that we're constantly having to meet in order to heal during this process. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I was as I was like, I am here just as a guest, but I have my like therapist ear going, listening to Charity and Chris and even you, Sarah, um, and the tasks that are being (laughs) worked on and worked through. So but knowing that there are um, six tasks. Um, things that we need to do during this mourning um, period need one, acknowledge the reality of the death, two, embrace the pain of the loss, three, remember the person who died, four, develop a new identity, five, search for meaning, six, receive and accept ongoing support from others. And that's where we landed, even though the sixth task for our conversation today it might be the first thing that some of us need to do for others while the, the, the bereaved, while those who are mourning and grieving have to do this work on their journey, us as their community, as their friends and family, as their coworkers, as their bosses, there are some things that we need to do. And sometimes we don't know what to say. 
and we don't know what to do. And so just want, there's a few key pieces that I think are, you know, can just help your listeners how to communicate um, support to someone. So um, I know it's in your show notes. I think you put it in your show notes or there's a link. Um, but for someone, for example, how do you communicate acceptance and sympathy? Mm-hmm. Yes, you are in pain. I know that sounds harsh, right? Um, you can say, I'm sorry. You can say, you know, you see them crying. You can cry with them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a nonverbal being relaxed. And like Charity, you mentioned it. It's uncomfortable to be with someone with grief. But remember that sometimes honesty is the best policy. You know, sometimes you just you just say it. You just I'm so sorry. I know this was unexpected. If it was unexpected, right? I know this was unexpected. I know you didn't see this coming. You're just validating the experience of their reality. Um, You want to communicate that you are listening to them. I'm here to listen to you. Mm -hmm. And just listen. Don't say anything. Mm -hmm. Just listen. Sometimes they don't need advice. They might be like Charity. I'm not sure, Chris and Sarah, your, your experience, but they may be in therapy and they already have a therapist or they have a clergy person that they see regularly and just be there. Mm-hmm. You know, charity, I, you know, I'm, I'm just going to put, put her out there. You know, she is the strong woman. And she, I remember she said this in our, in our uh, recording, she's like, I ain't strong no more, honey. And, you know, she was like, I'm tired of holding that weight. And sometimes we don't know, like, because we, of how we perceive someone, especially in the workplace, you got You have to hold it together. Working through grief is the title of this, you know, of this episode. Yeah. We have to work through it. Right. We've right. got, we have to get work done. Right. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes people just need you to listen because they need that five minutes of their break to just kind of unwind and unload. And even though they are strong, um, they may not know how to be vulnerable. Um, also some people, um, to communicate your availability and reliability, um, and just let them know you're here just slowing down. I'm right here with you. Mm-hmm. Not rushing. Tell me about it. Tell me about, tell me about, you know, how you used to watch the football games together. You know, tell mm-hmm. me about crocheting, you know, and you don't have to crochet just listening to someone. And, and I know it seems so simple, but honestly, and I'll, you know, I'll let Charity and Chris talk, talk to this, but it's like, literally just be compassionate. You don't have to know the therapeutic words to say, let us mm-hmm. therapists guide them through all of the rhetoric and the talk and the, and the tools and the tips and the processes. Um, they just need support and community. Even if it's, I don't want to talk. I don't want to be around anyone right now. And you just say, okay, I'm here when you need me. And then just send them a text. Because you honestly, and then the other side of that, you, they could be going through a very dark period. And so, yes, you do want to, you know, send an occasional text if that's your normal, right? Or a phone call if that's your normal or stop by if that's your normal. Um, and that, that, that will go a long way. And we definitely tell this to our, um, to our families, <clears throat> excuse me, um, in grief groups and even, for those who are grieving, sometimes you don't know what to say. And I won't cover that um, in this time, but I definitely, um, I, w- I would love if you all could share it, Sarah, um, how to communicate your needs. 
for those who are yeah. and mourning how to, because when people ask you, Chris, you said it, I'm not okay, y'all. Yep. You say just that. When someone says, how are you? I'm not okay, y'all. But you got to get real with yourself to even know to do that, right? Exactly. And so that's, moments too. And then, and that's mm -hmm. why the task of mourning, that is one of the tasks, is embracing the pain. Mm -hmm. going inward and really understand, but that's a whole different show, uh, you know, but it's like, yes. <laughs> well, it's a part of this show too. Cause if you don't go inward again, you're just like, you're just yeah. trying to do other things to, to, to mask it, to get away from it, to silence it. And it just, it's, it's yeah. never again, mm -hmm. <laughs> you get it or it's going to get you because. And, 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 and the thing, Chris is actually in that space same spot like you have people who are grieving and you are grieving yourself mm -hmm. yeah, yeah you know well and and it's not prescriptive right and it's not like we can say all right well you know like we talked about earlier i've got these seven days of shiva so i'm just gonna grieve those seven days and then i'm done right like it it can resurface it can be delayed mm -hmm. and it you know so what what are your thoughts then like from a work perspective right like what types of policies or services should be made available and it almost sounds like we're all saying they need to be flexible because maybe it's like i i don't i don't want to take I, let's say i get a week off i don't know what it is that's that's what i'd love to hear your thoughts on what do you all think yeah, it's funny. Before we move on to that, Sarah, I just wanted to highlight something that Aurelia said um, on that sixth item of accepting support. Because um, I think that's the hardest one, maybe, at least for me, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, my brain triggers this like entry criteria for receiving support for grieving, right? Like I had to have had a close relationship. I had to have known them well. It had to have left like you know, this person had to have a, a large and, and large, you know, different to people, but whatever large means in my mind, a large presence in my life, you know, and, but, it, and if we don't meet and whatever else your criteria is, if we don't meet this criteria, I don't really need support, you know, like my grandmother, right? Well, she lived a really, really long time. So I don't need a ton of support um, for her, right? Like there's, there's these, it's, and I'm going to, it's software term, right? Entry criteria <laughs> to receive support. And then, you know, the support needs to be commiserate to like the last percentage, right? So I don't need a ton of your support, maybe just a little support because like, it's just a little loss. And, um, and so, you know, like just having my brain rationalize all those things, like here's, here's the amount of support I'm willing to give. And mm -hmm. I was having a conversation with a team member, um, who had a uh, had a physical um, impairment happen in his life, right? Like was doing fine, something happened, not fine anymore, and he's still struggling with like getting better. And he's like, "Well, I don't, I don't really want to do this until I can really fully show up, like as my old self." And I'm like, you know, and I, these are the words I'm telling him, and, and myself is in the background going, "Oh God, listen to what you're you're saying." Is you know, would you please, you know, I really would like this to be a place where you don't have to be that person that, that you give us the opportunity to support you going through this. Um, and if you don't open up and give us that opportunity, we, we can't develop into the people that know how to respond in that scenario. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. big. Hello, mirror. <laughs> I mean, and, and that's yeah. what we tend to do is um, rationalize our need. And it's like, Okay, yes. Yeah, so the, the 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 widow who's 
a widower whose spouse died and they have three, four kids under six. Yeah. Oh, of course. I need help. I, I need someone to take them to school. But the 90 year old grandmother who who is, you know, since died. I don't need help. Well, maybe you do. But what like Charity mm-hmm. was saying, go inward and know what you need and then accept it. Right. I, th- I think we rationalize and prioritize too. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. So for me, because I'm the sister with no children, I'm like, okay, my little sister has a husband. She got to show up for him. My middle sister has children. They got. I'm like, I don't have anybody except the dog. And then there's feelings of guilt because I'm like, and I think at the time I didn't have my dog, but there's the feelings of guilt that I get to come home and actually lay in my grief, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like. But why should I feel guilty about that? Because what actually one of my sisters said to me, yeah, but you also have to go out and perform. And so back to your point about, you know, how employers can support you or you can actually allow them to support you. I had to allow them to support me because the one day that I didn't say that I'm not okay and I just tried to rush through it, I messed up a whole story and messed up the whole production Mm -hmm. because I was so busy being okay that like I'm just now I'm missing everything else. And so now I'm. I had to come to them and go, you know, when you asked me if I was okay this morning, typically that my executive producers know me so well because I'm everything, I carry everything in my heart and on my face. And that particular morning I had had a dream about my dad and I didn't, when I got to work, I just, I was just trying to shut it off. And so typically she'd say, Hey Papa, how are you? Are you okay? We would go in her office. I said, no, I'm fine. I went through here and makeup. My makeup artist asked me, I said, I'm fine. The thing is, no, sis, you have to say that you're not okay and allow these people mm-hmm. to show up for you because if not, now you're creating a whole cluster for everybody mm-hmm. else to clean up. <laughs> and, and you're and spilling out all over the place. And yeah. and and take that mental health day, right? Yeah. I know we yeah. talked well, about this. Well, this wasn't going to be a day. This was like three, <laughs> three four days I cried. It's going to be you a moment. Yeah. yeah, it was like well, going to work whatever, with my pause. Right? But like, yeah. 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 So it's just yeah, like, whatever. okay, this is yeah. a safe space. Like your editors have literally lost mm-hmm. parents that we call, I write this minute, we call it the dead, the dead dad's club. Yeah. And it's like, they've literally lost their parents. My executive producer has lost his dad. Like they know yeah. what it is you're going through. And if you don't allow yourself to be Allow your friends, this is what I learned too, allow your friends to be friends. Charity, you show up for everybody else. Why won't you let these people show up for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I had talked through that in therapy too. Like, what's the problem, girl? <laughs> and, and and Aurelia, you had, I'm, Chris, I'm so glad you brought us back here. Thank you. <laughs> you you also had the step, develop a new identity. What, what do we mean by that? Because I thought I heard a little bit of that as we were just talking, as Charity and Chris were talking. Yes. So with any loss um, of a person, we've lost part of ourself. What does that look like? Your self-identity is wrapped in that person, that relationship. Um, So you are no longer blanks blank. I am no longer her daughter, mother, sister, brother, Mm. I've lost that label and what that label means to you. I've, I am no longer, um, for example, if you are the middle child and the oldest dies, I am no longer the middle Mm. in role and function. I am now the oldest. Yeah. Right. And so having to develop a new identity. So you're having to to shift and transform into someone 
um, else. So, so in the new, there's a grieving of that, but it's a part of the process. And mm-hmm. so it can, and then that, then, then if you notice, you, you may go back to the, the second need of embracing the pain of the loss. And so it's, it's all a part of understanding and becoming aware. And I know we talked about um, when Chris was talking about your employee, 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 um, mm-hmm. the gentleman, the person who um, yeah. lost this, yeah. <laughs> the physical loss and in, in accepting the help and, and understanding and knowing who are they now? Because that's who's showing up at your job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is who they are now. They may have been dependable Dan. And now mm-hmm. they are very different as they are, you know, maybe come back from their whatever your policy is on grief um, and mourning. Mm-hmm. Now they come back. Are they we're we're expecting dependable Dan. Dan may be expecting dependable Dan. But can, does Dan have the capacity? Dan. No, be, he, ain't gonna be able to remember, he ain't gonna even be able to remember the meetings he has every Tuesday at that point you see like, and so then what right, what does it yeah, mean for right. employee employers to to be in that space yeah. because the business still needs to function right right yeah. right it's, it's oh, absolutely right. you mentioned that's the identity one. yeah yeah when you mentioned the sister one that that hit home but for me I think my identity like um what's what's the word uh, got bolder. Like now I'm like, I'm Lamar Bailey's daughter. Like, you feel me? Like, and it, <laughs> same thing with our grandmother. Like, I'm like, please, I'm, I'm glad it's old Ramsey's granddaughter. Y'all even know what's, what's about to hit you with this. And so I think it's interesting because for me, like their traits, like it's like they magnified for me. Like there's certain yeah. traits of my dad, certain traits of my grandmother that I feel like just got bigger and bolder once they left. And maybe it's because mm. I'm so tied into the legacy part of it. But when you mentioned that about the roles changing and shifting, I could absolutely see that. And then you go take it back to work and you're correct. I, I remember one of my girlfriends died uh, crossing into her sorority when we were in college and I had never missed an assignment. And so thank God that my professor had the grace that he did because he knows me, my character and mm-hmm. how I turn mm-hmm. in assignments. He was like, what is going on with you? Because you have never missed an assignment and now you've missed three and you're checked out. I know you joke about senioritis, but this, you're not even joking about it. When I ask you, you say, and I'm like, bruh, you know the woman that made national news and drowned? That's, that's my friend. And he's like, oh my gosh. I, now, of course, I was in my 20s. I didn't know how to go, hey, I need you. But I didn't know right. what I needed. And I so, right. but he, and back to Chris being, you know, at work, you know, when you do know these employees and maybe you're in HR and not like their direct connect, but like if you are a woman or a person listening to this podcast, and you are managing people, you know your employees. So if you see that they're off, mm-hmm. actually give a damn and ask exactly. them. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And talk Chris, to them. Yeah. yeah. And, and Chris, that was your experience at Accenture. Yes. Right? Clearly. Clearly. Share a little bit of that. And- yeah. I think that's that point of like, I'm, I'm becoming a new person through this process is the part that as employers, I'm going to put on my employer at that's what the part we have to remember and, and, and leave space for. And the hard part though, is I, I, as an employer look from the outside looking in, cannot tell the person that you are becoming necessarily. Mm. Right. Cause a lot of that work is inside you. Like you were, you were, you were in your cocoon state and at some point you'll be a butterfly and I'll be able to see what you look like now as a, as this new person. But in that process, I can't see a lot of it. So it's so important that I am asking like, what, how can I show up for you right now? 
how can I, how, how can I support you through this? Like, what do, do we need to talk about your work schedule? Do we need to look at like where your assignments are? And, um, I was really fortunate when my dad was dying, um, you know, he had pancreatic cancer. It was not, not slow and it wasn't quick at the same time. Right. And, um, Accenture has multiple leave programs. Um, I had a manager at the time who, um, I called and was like, I I actually couldn't call him. (laughs) I was in such a state. My husband called him and said, you know, Hey, Chris just found out her dad has cancer and she needs to step away. And he's like, we got this cool. She doesn't need to, I was traveling at the time. Like, cool. She just can't travel right now. That's fine. She needs a minute. So like, you know, just do something other than deal with that. Like here, here are the things that we've prioritized that she could look at. And if she needs to do something completely different, that's fine too. When she can check in, that'd be great, but we're here. Um, they found me a role that was local that I didn't have to travel for anymore. And then I said, you know what, I can't even handle this right now. I just need to step away. And I took a three month leave of absence and I got to spend time with my dad. And when I came back, you know, really kind of was still not quite fully there. They found me a role that would make sense for what I had the capacity to handle at the time, all the while showing up for me. You know, I had people come to the funeral <laughs> that I worked with that I would never have been in hundred years expected to show up to a funeral, but they showed up, right? Like there's my, there's my, my work community showing up for me in a time of need. And I didn't even know I needed them there. Um, yeah. you know, and, and there they are. And, um, you know, from a from a policy standpoint, you know, Accenture has um, we do five days of paid bereavement leave for close family, and that includes your aunts and uncles, nieces and nephews, right? Um, or a miscarriage, right? So all of that mm. that loss is incorporated in those five days. But I think you go in the policies, you go beyond the policy is that right? Like that's the black and white. This is what the policy. But then when you're dealing with the humans, you know, there are all the other policies around it, right? So it's um, asking for accommodations, it's leave programs mm-hmm. that can support you growing in that journey, or even just, I mean, from a parent, you might be dealing with our will and all of the crap that goes with like mm-hmm. estate dealings. Um, you know, then there's also then there's the mental health component. So, you know, Accenture has a really great, I think, mental health program. Um, we've got a program where you can train to be a mental health ally. So if you, you know, maybe you're not in this place, but you're regularly supporting people, you can get trained in some of those tools. Um, we've got um, partnerships with Thrive. Um, so you can get a Thrive, the Thrive app. We've got um, Thriving Together experiences that you can participate in. We've got um, the Calm app. Everyone is eligible to download and, and use Calm. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got WISA. I think I'm saying that right. Is a way to have a, a private chat, a mental health chat um, between you and someone else. We have an employee assistance program that can help um, connect you with a counselor if you need that, or they can help you with changes in life, um, you know, referral programs, they can help, um, help you deal with some of these family changes. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's, it's not just the one, like what happens when it, when, when the person dies and that bereavement policy, it goes into the bigger aspect of how do we help address the whole person and their needs through mental Mm -hmm. health, time away, um, actual bereavement. And, you know, we've, we've also got support for legal services. So if you need to work on wills or some others, you know, there's that component as well. So I think it's looking at not just the moment in time, how to show up, but how to show up through that change journey, how to show up through that support journey. And, and it's, it's not a moment in time. It's not just that, like the instance of death. It is, it is that whole journey that that person That's is going through. becoming awesome. That and, is amazing. I know, right? And Thrive is the Ariana Huffington mm-hmm. 
group, right? Yeah. yeah. Which is, which is fabulous. And then you've got, you know, great experts and thought leaders like Charity and her show and Aurelia and, um, yeah. That's amazing. It, Sarah, just, that's yeah, amazing. Like, like, I'm glad we're I, here. That is amazing yeah. because I have, I have clients who in session while they're processing their grief, they're talking about work and mm-hmm. work stress. And, mm-hmm. and I have made, one don't really give I've a damn most of the time. <laughs> I've had, I've had a CFO, right. Of a bank talk part of that stress that made her grief so complex was also because of work and showing yeah. up and being all the things. And so way to go Accenture. Yeah. I, you know, I, I am not, yeah. not a paid ad, coming from coming from a help a help professional it's called caring about your employees and their hearts my business is Mm. very cutthroat like it's next man up just like in sports and so when my dad passed away like my right this minute family came around me and supported me so Mm. well my co-host the management ownership editors like I felt loved. I tell people all the time, if I was in any other space, I would just have them sue me out the contract and be like, and what? I don't care. But they actually care about me, not just the face that's on TV. They care about the heart and soul of who I am and 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 my family and how I'm doing. And it makes a difference. It it makes you want to show up for them because they showed they showed up for me. Yeah. No. Oh, gosh. Thank you, all three of you um, for joining me today. What an incredible conversation. Um, I'm going to leave us with my favorite quote. And I know we were swapping grief quotes, right? But this was the one that I had referenced. You can shed tears that they are gone, or you can smile because they lived. You can close your eyes and pray that they will come back, or you can open your eyes and see all that they have lived. Mm -hmm. David Harkins, English poet and painter. Thank you to everybody who was listening today. Thank you to Voice America for always giving me an incredible leaders like these three women um, and next up the opportunity to share our voice and our mission with all of you. In our show next week, you're going to hear the story of three incredible executives who have or in the process of getting their PhDs while they work full time. Um, And, you know, how can you pursue such a journey and what can leaders and companies do to make this happen? To learn more about Next Up and listen to all of our shows, check us out at nextupisnow.org. I'm Sarah Alter, and thank you for always listening. Thanks for listening to Advancing All Women with host Sarah Alter. Be sure to tune in again next week. Our program is live every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment or catch our replays weekly on Voice America Influencers. Until we talk again, enjoy your week.